The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. And uh, there's a good verse that kind of like helps with that. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for who you belong to Christ Jesus, right? And so what I didn't understand at the time was that even when I don't know what's going on and when I feel like I don't understand because it's out of my control, that there's something getting knitted and worked in the background, right? So as I uh, start driving, or I didn't drive, I was, you know, this tall, um, as we're driving, uh, day one passes by, there's still no house. Day two passes by, there's still no house. We stayed a couple extra days at my grandma's house in Oklahoma. And finally, it's like, it's time to do the last drive. We're coming down here. Um, and as that's happening, um, all of a sudden, this house pops up in a neighborhood. And it's uh, affordable. We're able to move in the next day. It was this crazy, huge moment. Um, and so I was like, wow, what, what just happened? Um, and so I feel like there was a lot of waiting and then a big, uh, big Jesus moment saying like, I just wanted you to be closer to me because it, it took our entire family basically saying like, okay, God, we're, we're giving everything to you here. Like this has to be a you thing, full trust in you. You know, you called us to do this and then it all of a sudden just worked out. Um, so that was a, a huge thing. Um, and so then I want to talk about um, kind of walking my life with God versus without, right? So I've always been in a Christian, I kind of grown up my entire life. Um, but I've had seasons where I was dedicating my entire life with God. And, you know, I was um, trying to be the best, like, representation of God that I could be. And my life was, it felt I mean, amazing. I mean, there were still seasons of, you know, where it didn't feel as great. But um, then there were seasons where I was walking without God um, and, you know, I uh, wouldn't read my Bible for like months or even a year in uh, one occasion. And I felt this kind of feeling of emptiness inside of me. Um, and so I felt like there was not really much going on for me. Um, and that was really rough until, um, actually we went to youth camp this year. Um, and we went to youth camp and it kind of like re-sparked a fire, um, a fire in me. And it felt like even though I'd spent so much time kind of just doing my own thing, you know, like, yeah, God's good and all and like, yay, but I can, I can do this and, I felt like once there was that moment of God saying, hey, like, I'm here whenever you're ready. Um, and so I, at youth camp, I was like, all right, um, I need help. And God was there for it. Um, there was just this, this overwhelming sense of, like, warmth and joy that kind of came over me. I almost started, like, busting out laughing in a quiet room with no one over there. It was, 
It was a weird sense. Um, and so now I feel like every time I try to pour out my energy into being with God, there is a joy that comes with it, and I couldn't be more grateful for that. Um, because I'm, I'm so glad that there's a God who's there for me, right? Like, no matter how many times I've tried walking away or will walk away because then I'm 17 and, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, there's always going to be someone with his hands open saying, like, whenever you're ready, come give me a hug. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what I'm grateful for. But, yeah, I finished uh, a couple minutes early, but I'm going to pass this over to my mom. Well, you already know one of the things that I'm super thankful for, and I'm trying not to get emotional over there, knowing I'm going to have to come up and speak. That's Donnie's job. Um, all right, so I'm going to kind of talk about, um, I'm going to share some of my experiences, but mine is a, like a little more teachy than storytelling because um, that's just kind of what I do. We're going to talk about this concept that you might have heard that's kind of really popular all over the internet now called toxic positivity. Raise your hand if you heard about toxic positivity. Yeah? Okay, so some of you guys are familiar with the term. We're going to kind of talk about a little bit about what it is and how it differs from genuine biblical gratitude. But I want to go back into that verse that Silas shared, First uh, Thessalonians 5.18, funny story about this. We were all comparing notes yesterday, and I was texting him, like, what's your guys' verses? And he said that one. I'm like, I already have that one. That was pretty great. I called him a turd. Um, that's, we have a very dark sense of humor in our family. Um, <laughs> all right, it says, in everything, give thanks. Some of the versions say, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So nowhere in scripture are we admonished to give thanks because all circumstances are good, but we do kind of tend to treat gratitude that way. But rather, we're to give thanks in all circumstances, recognizing that there are some circumstances that are actually bad and it is okay to say so. In fact, one of the promises of the Bible comes from John 16, where Jesus himself says, in this life, you will have trouble. Now, that is one of the promises of Scripture. It's not one of the promises that you're going to see, like, embroidered on a pillow cushion. But it is there. It's one of them. We are promised by Scripture. You know, you won't see that on, like, your little inspirational, like, daily you tear-off calendar. But it's a promise of Scripture. You will have trouble. And then Matthew 5, 45, Jesus also says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. So everybody goes through it. And nowhere do we see that following God makes us exempt from struggle. Uh, we have been kind of going through a bit of stormy weather ourselves lately as a family. It's, if I'm just going to be really honest, it's been a rough season. And it's kind of funny. It seems like every time you get asked to speak on something, 
you go through like the thing that you're going to be sharing on. So now I've gotten to the point where Andy's like, hey, do you want to speak on this? I'm like, <laughs> it's coming. Sure. Uh, but, you know, it's just how it is. We went through a whole round of illnesses, which, you know, has caused now like a lot of business stress and financial stress and just things going on. We've uh, been through some wild family stuff. Like, it has been crazy. Do you ever have those times where you feel like you're just getting hit from every single angle in life? Like, there's sometimes when you have a thing that's going on in your life, and then every once in a while, it's like it all comes on at once. And so we're definitely feeling the pressure of that. Stress starting to rise, anxiety starting to rise, depression starting to creep in a little bit. And I'm kind of feeling the squeeze here. So I'm driving in my car and I'm feeling all these things. And I just had to send out a lifeline. So I'm like, Lord, I am drowning here. Please help. And instantly, when I say like instantly, like instantly, almost before I could even get the words out of my mouth, the Lord gave me a memory as if I was right back in that moment again. And it was the moment, and you guys are all going to be able to relate with this if you've been in Texas longer than a couple years, where I saw my hand flipping the switch right as Snowvid was ending and the lights came on. And everybody should know what that feels like that first time you flip that light switch and the light came on and we we're all standing in our kitchen just looking up at our fixtures in awe of our lights, right? And what did we all say? I can't believe I ever took this for granted. And then what do we do 30 days later? We all went about taking our lights for granted because that's just human nature and that's what we do. But as I was having this memory, it was leading to other things in my life that I take for granted just the same way that I take my lights for granted. Like my kids um, and my husband, our home, heat, food, different things. And I'm thinking of all of these things, and I'm just getting so filled with joy. And then I heard the Lord say, you know, you have access to this feeling anytime you want it. We all have access to that feeling of joy and gratefulness anytime we want it. Now, does that truth change our circumstances? No, it doesn't. Not necessarily. The circumstances stay the same. But what it does is it changes us in our circumstances. And this is where I think it's really important to understand this difference in the concept between toxic positivity and genuine gratitude. So toxic positivity is kind of this like trending thing among people who are starting to say yes to really healthy boundaries and say no to mistreatment. And I have to say, I am absolutely here for it. I love that. I love both of those things. Yes to good boundaries, saying no to mistreatment. However, here is my sense of caution that like with anything culturally that we do, the pendulum can shift so far in one direction that we kind of start to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and now we're missing out on actual genuine gratitude and all of the benefits that come with it for us that God designed for us out of his love for us. Um, I don't know if you've been here longer than a couple years at our church. I shared a couple years ago during this same season about the science behind gratitude 
and what it does for our bodies, how it activates our hypothalamus, how it's good for our thyroid and our sleep and depression and anxiety and all of these things. It is a gift to us from God, from a creator who loves us enough to want to give us an aid to get through tough and hurtful and stressful situations. And when we lump everything in together with this idea that all positivity is bad and toxic, we can actually miss out on a healing salve that God has provided for us. And I don't want anybody to do that. So we're going to kind of break down some definitions and do some comparisons here. So some definitions. Toxic positivity demands that you only view experiences in a positive light, no matter how tragic or abusive. We see this a lot with teachers in the schools. I didn't realize it until I started working in the school, and I was like, oh, my goodness. This is kind of one of the things that districts do to um, teachers is they treat them horribly, and then they're like, but it's for the children, so think of the children and just be happy and take it. Gratitude, on the other hand, is making a conscious effort to reflect on life's gifts and cultivate and appreciate a mindset of joy. All right, so we're going to go ahead to the next one. This is like a side-by-side -side comparison. So toxic positivity is used to ignore feelings and deny circumstances, whereas gratitude allows for sorrow and joy to coexist together. Toxic positivity forces you to see a bad thing as a good thing, whereas gratitude allows for joy in spite of a bad thing. Toxic positivity covers up abuse and bad behavior, but gratitude allows room to call out abuse and bad behavior. Toxic positivity does not acknowledge a situation needs to be improved in order that you can feign happiness. But genuine gratitude acknowledges a situation needs to be improved while not allowing that situation to rob you of your joy. When we lump all thankfulness in with toxic positivity, we miss out on God's way of empowering us not to allow our circumstances control over us. So if I allowed my gratitude to look at our current situation that we're in right now in this season of life that we're going through and be like, meh, you know what, it's all good, it's okay, no worries, that's not healthy. But if I can say, you know what, we're going through right now really sucks and we need to take actionable steps to change it and choose joy in that moment over misery, then that is genuine biblical gratitude. So I'm almost out of time, but I don't know if you, hey, who has seen the movie Inside Out? Inside Out. Oh, gosh, that is so good. So that is what I love so much, is when you finally look at your situations through this blend where joy and sorrow exist together then you can really appreciate and get through really anything. It's a, a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. All right, and then I'm going to end on this verse from Colossians 3.15. says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I love that, how there's like an action that you have to do, a surrendering where you are letting the Holy Spirit give you peace. To which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. All right, thank you. All right, this is going to be rough. <laughs> Not for you guys, for me, because so I've been I've been going over this 
thinking about this for the last week. I'm going to need another one, too. Um, so, yeah, I've been thinking about this and going over this for the last week and a half. And you ever have those times when it's already starting? Um, you start to think of a memory of something that happened in the past, and then you dwell on it for a little bit, and then all of a sudden kind of triggers another, another, mess, another uh, memory, and then another one, and another one, and another one. And so this has happened this whole week where, you know, I'm so grateful for what God's done in our family and our life. And I'm going to try to share this without doing this the whole time. And I can't even see my thing because my eyes are watering so bad. Which is great. Um, so anyways, so Courtney and I, we, we got married at a very young age, um, kind of like half the people in this church, actually. It was kind of the rarity back then. Um, so we're going on 20 years in April, and we, you know, we, we had a five-year plan. I think just about everybody had the five-year plan. Courtney was going to go to college, get her degree. I was going to work. She was going to get done, start working. And then I was going to go to college and do all that kind of stuff, make a ton of money, and everything was going to be great. Well, the problem was, was three months after we were married, we got pregnant with Samuel, our oldest. And Courtney got really sick, you know, the morning pregnancy stuff, and so she got a half semester of Bible college in, and she was done. And then after Samuel's born, 13 months later, here comes Silas. And then two years after that, here comes Adelie. So we've got... Three kids were young 20s. Well, she's young 20s. I was like 25-ish at the time. No college degrees. No real, the only thing we knew how to do, Courtney worked at C's Candy. I, by that time, was a manager at Papa Murphy's making fat stacks. We're talking $23,000 a year. And it was sweet. You know, we're like, woo, made it. You know, working 70, 80 hours a week. And making it work, and then going and working for my brother doing construction. And so we've scraped, and we've pushed, and we pressed, and we did all this stuff. And life was crazy. We had so many people tell us, you know, you're not going to make it. You guys are going to go broke. You're going to get divorced. Your marriage is not going to last. And all this stuff all the time. And if you know Snailums, we're very pride, very proud people. And we will do whatever we have to do to prove people wrong. So like once we have something set in our head that this is the way it's going to be, we're going to do it. It doesn't matter what gets thrown at us. We just do it. You know, we're very proud, very proud about that. That's, you know, we play games with anybody. I mean, Andy talks about being one of the best game players. He hasn't beat us yet. And so, because it's a whole nother level when you play the Snailums. So anyways, but so all of this I say, um, so the kids are really young. 2008 comes around. We're like, sweet, let's start a business. 2008. <laughs> we start it and end it that quick because market crashed. So we're like, oh, this is horrible. Long story short, we uh, decide, you know, there's a church plant that's going to be moving to Spokane in 2008, 2009. We pray about it. We're like, all right, let's go. At this time, we're living in this house that we nicknamed the Mouse House because it was infested with mice. And I kid you not, you open the drawers, you open the cabinets, and mice were crawling out. We had to put the silverware on top of the microwave because they had tracks and everything in. We had exterminators come, and they're like, this house is a lost cause. There's nothing we can do for it. So we're like, we're living in this thing. We're like, screw it. We're going to Spokane. 
And we get to Spokane on one application that my wife turns in lands a job for both of us. We get this apartment that was a 900 square foot apartment and to us it felt like a palace. It was brand new. No mice in the cabinets. And we didn't have to worry about anything happening to our kids at this house. We didn't have to worry about a mouse crawling on them or biting them or something or mice getting in our food. We didn't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. And so God started blessing us and showing us these little tiny things to be grateful for, to have this gratitude. So then we start to, the church starts, I end up being the worship leader and the youth pastor when we get going, and our kids did everything with us. When we were leading youth, our kids didn't go to the babysitter, they were in the youth group with us. They were kind of like the youth mascots. If we went and spoke at a summer camp, Silas always came with us. If we went to, you know, wherever we went, whatever we did, our kids were right there. And Adelie, go ahead and play this video. This, this is what our house was like right here. But so this is, here, go ahead and hold that one, Addy. Actually, yeah, just go ahead and put that one up. That's fine. So this is what we grew up with in our house. We didn't have money. We've never been able to go on a family vacation. We've never been able to afford it. We've always made just enough money to almost pay our bills. Almost. Every single month. And, but what we had is we had all of these moments at our house where I'm putting a worship list together for a Sunday, and here comes Silas with this Lightning McQueen guitar that was 30 bucks that almost broke the bank just buying it. You know, and Adelie has this little princess keyboard that she'd come and play. And then, you know, I found, I've got my son up here playing drums and singing. I have Adelie every week singing with me on the stage. And we did a song last week called You Won't Relent, and it's one that my daughter grew up singing with me on the couch with her little keyboard. And so I think of those moments, and I wouldn't give them up for anything. I'm like, yeah, I wish that I'd be able to spend thousands on my kids. I wish that I could pour out just money on their birthdays and on Christmas. And I don't get that opportunity because we just make enough to almost pay our bills. We moved to Texas, and it's the same thing. Awesome things are happening here. We get here. Silas told the story about the house and how we got into that house. And, uh, you know, we get here, and we're dealing with past hurts from Spokane. Because what I didn't tell you is while we were at that church, we got so emotionally abused and hurt and broken. We didn't want anything to do with God. 
We're like, God, you moved us to Spokane to do what? And then Andy and Carrie call us, and they're like, hey, we want to start a church in Texas. And I've told you guys this before. We're like, great, we'll send you money. And then we're like, no, we owe it to them. we got to at least pray and see. And God said, no, it's time to go. And so we had two choices. We could say, you know what, either we're going to serve Jesus and do what God's telling us to do, or we can stay in the boat we were in and just say, screw it, and not do it. So obviously we moved here. Everything's been awesome. We started a business. We were doing good. And then for some reason, September and October hit, and then we're right back in that same boat where we're like, man, we're just barely making it. We're almost paying our bills. And everything is going just insane. And I have this fridge that's leaking when you try to use the water dispenser. It leaks all over the floor. And we have this dryer that's all of a sudden you know, making all these weird noises like the bearings are going out. And then Silas had to open it up and hand spin it a couple times to get it working and we're like, you know what, we'll, we'll replace them when we can replace them, which is probably going to be never because we're not making enough money to even pay our own bills. So two days ago, this is how God works. Two days ago, I got a message, hey, there's somebody that wants to, really we would be like, no, somebody else can use them, but we, we needed them. Ours <laughs> are dying and leaking and all this. So we get this, we go over, we pick these up, this fridge is like beyond fridge. It's like beyond what you'd ever imagine. The washing machine is practically brand new. The dryer is brand new. And we get these things to my house and I just lose it. I'm like, God, I'm struggling with these bills and not seeing you go help me in, in all of these things. I'm not seeing the people sign these contracts on these jobs. God, what is going on? And then all of a sudden, he slams me with these things and goes, see, I got you back. And so I'm going to close on this verse. Man, 10 minutes goes fast. Holy crap. All right. So Joshua 24, 15. So this is the last part of that verse. It says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And to understand what this is, if you read that whole chapter in context from the beginning of it, it says that he's gathering the leaders, the elders, pretty much everybody that's the head of the tribes of Israel. And he's having this come to Jesus moment with everybody. And he has this word from God that he gives and basically tells them, hey, you remember what I did with Abraham. Do you remember not too long ago, we just came out of Egypt. You remember what I did at the Red Sea. You remember all these things. Why are you going back to the other people? Why are you going back? And then Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to move forward. And I want to challenge you guys with that today because we have these moments that take place. God, I wish I had more time. Ah! We have moments like this that we have decisions that we have to make when it comes to serving Jesus. We can either deny him. We can either say, you know what, God, you're not doing anything for me. Why should I serve you? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? It was easier doing the other thing. But something happens when you decide, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus. Whatever it comes, whatever it brings, Whatever it looks like, I'm going to follow Jesus. And then all of a sudden you have this attitude of gratitude. 
And the word, it's not an easy road. I will tell you that we're, we've, we've been through it all. It's been nuts. It's been crazy. It's, it's beyond what we'd ever think it was going to be, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So I just want to close with that, guys. You know, you guys have a choice to make. You know, we're in that Thanksgiving, the holiday season right now. We have a choice that we get to make. You know, do we want to bless people? Do we want to lay it all down and just say, you know what? I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude and put other people first. Or am I going to put myself first? So I'm going to leave it with that. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.